Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. Today is part two of our interview with the legendary horror writer R.L. Stein. In this episode, Stein talks about his love of Ray Bradbury, he shares his best joke, and his thoughts on his sneaker collaboration with NBA star Kawhi Leonard. On to the show. So you didn't read scary stuff as a kid. You were more into... I read scary comic books. There okay. were the great EC comics when I was a kid. Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror. <clears throat> oh, sorry, they were amazing, gory, gruesome comics with great art. And they all had funny twist endings. Every story. I think they were the major influence on me. I just love those comic books. So I'm heading back to school here in about 10 days. I mean, a new group yeah. of fifth graders. Early. Early. Yeah. Do you have any uh do you have any good jokes for me to tell them? I could use a good joke or two. No, oh, my jokes were terrible. You're not funny anymore. Oh no, my jokes were awful. Here's my best joke from one of my joke books. Okay, right? let's hear let's hear it, Mr. Stein. Let's hear what it. What do you get when you cross a dog with a frog? Uh you get a dog that can lick himself from across the room. Ah, see, that's pretty good. Okay. That's no, pretty good. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's maybe not, the only one i can remember how do you know what is like the line for what's like the right amount of scariness to write for like yeah. that fourth fifth sixth grade audience that you've mastered i'm actually pretty conservative and a lot of times my editors say hype it up make it scarier because <laughs> i tend to be really careful but I, my one rule is this the kids have to know it's a fantasy Mm-hmm. They have to know that what's going on in the book, especially the seven to 11 year olds, they have to know it couldn't really happen. And if I've established that, that it's a fantasy, I can get pretty scary. I can go pretty far with the scares. But they have to know that. So in order to do that, I have to keep out a lot of bad things from real life. You know, yeah. it's a scary place for kids now. Absolutely. It's a scary world. And I have to keep out anything that would be a real scare. Yeah. What's it, what has this been like with all of the extra stuff, like the TV shows and the merchandise? I mean, Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the greatest basketball players on the planet, has a Goosebumps themed yeah, shoe. Goosebumps NBA shoes. I know. Yeah. Now, do you have I a- imagine the response to that. People you, love shoes. Do you have a pair of those shoes? Of course. Do you wait? Where, where does- well, I haven't worn, I don't know if I'm bold enough to wear them. Okay. I have them in my office. Yeah. I think about wearing them, <laughs> but they might be a little too much for me, you know? All right. Well, I, I would, I would well, love to see Come that. on. All this stuff is amazing to me. All the movies and TV series. There's going to be a new Goosebumps TV series. There's going to be on Disney Plus. Awesome. I think starting in the fall. I don't know. And I, you know, I did these graphic novels called Just Beyond for Boom Studios which is sort of goosebumps, but in graphic novel form. And mm-hmm. that became a TV series on Disney plus there are eight episodes on right now. That's all so exciting for me. It's beyond my wildest dreams, really. And, you know, to be a character in a movie played by Jack Black. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> how awesome. weird. How weird <laughs> so, so you didn't think that would happen? No, it's not the kind of thing you plan. Yeah. You know, um, 
I, I think it's mostly luck. Mostly luck. I why do. do you say why do you say that? It's mostly luck. You have to, you know, as I say, everything that's happened to me has pretty much been an accident. Not even my idea. <laughs> and I keep on, you know, I think it's there's a lot of luck involved. How did kids discover goosebumps? There was no advertising. No one really knew me 1992, 30 years ago. Um, kids discovered it somehow and brought them into school and showed each other the secret kids network. I think that's how all book crazes go. Harry Potter or the Hunger Games. Um, I think they're all done kids telling kids. Yeah. You can't really advertise and force a kid to like a book series. No. No, they'll see right through that if it's not good. Yeah. If it's not, yeah. if it's not something like that. Yeah. Now, would you have been into these books as an 11-year-old if they were out when you were a kid? These books? Your maybe. books, Spine Tingler, yeah, Goosebumps? My books? I don't know. I, as I say, I was a comic book freak until I was like 10. I didn't read books, children's books. I read comic books. And then my mother dropped me off. I've told this story, but dropped me off at the little library on Main Street in my town, hometown. And the librarian was waiting for me. And she said, Bobby, I know you like comic books. I want to show you something else I think you'll like. And she took me to a shelf of Ray Bradbury stories. And those stories changed my life. They were so imaginative and so well-written and all had great twist endings and there's so much fun. And Ray Bradbury really, those stories turned me into a reader. And then I began reading all kinds of science fiction. I was a big sci-fi kid and read Robert Sheckley and Isaac Asimov and all those people back then. So I, I, I didn't read, I read, you know, everyone reads the Edgar Allan Poe stories. You get them from Scholastic Book Club. For some reason, everyone reads Edgar Allan Poe at 12. I don't know why. I don't know. Totally, ina totally inappropriate. <laughs> totally inappropriate. But we all get these little paperbacks. But I didn't read any other horror. You think it would have been fun to grow up with the books today? Because there's so many more books for kids like you when you were a kid. Oh, oh yeah, of course. People, I, you know, I'm very optimistic about kids and reading. Everyone's always complaining. You can't get them away from their screens. You can't get, get try to get a kid. But look at the children's book industry. When I started children's books, that was like a few women in the back of the office putting out children's books. Now it's a billion dollar industry. Someone is buying those books. Kids are reading a lot. So I have, you know, I have great faith in kids and very optimistic about reading in the future. I could not agree more. It is mm -hmm. it is so much fun to spend a day with a room full of readers. Well, um, yeah, I was talking to my friend over at uh, Macmillan Children's Books, who published Stein Tinglers. And she said, last year during COVID, we had our best year ever. Wow. We sold more children's books than ever during COVID last year. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. Now, have you have you dealt with any of the like book banning stuff that's been going on? I'm guessing with the scary uh, not stuff. Not since the 90s. Not since the 90s. They've left uh, you alone. In the 90s, people didn't really know Goosebumps, and the covers were a lot more garish than the stories. Yeah. And there was trouble back, you know, not as much as I thought there would be. No one had ever done horror for 7 to 11-year-olds. Mm -hmm. 
There was some though. It was, you know, it was one of the big band books. It's kind of fun now because a lot of your, your readers are now sharing your books with their kids. I get to scare a lot of generations, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> it, it's very weird because like people your age and older, I'm, I'm like nostalgia. I'm nostalgic uh, for you, right? <laughs> and that, uh, that took a while to get used to. Yeah. You know? But now I, I enjoy it. So why do you keep writing? Um, what else would I do all day? Put on those basketball shoes. I wouldn't go <laughs> where. No, I, you know, I wouldn't know what else to do. I've been doing it for so long, and I still love. I look forward to it. This morning, at ten o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting at the computer. I was finishing up a short story today, and I I still love it. Just all this challenge. It's you know a little harder to come up with stuff I haven't done and chapter endings I haven't done and mm-hmm. come up with titles and new things, but it's more of a challenge. It's fun. That's awesome. What, um, what last question, I want to respect your time. What is your hope for spine tinglers? And I guess all of your books. Spine tinglers. What is your hope for spine tinglers? Spine tinglers. You spine. Go. Spines. Yes. Spine. <laughs> That's a what great is, title. Come what, on. That's a great title. What is your hope for spine? I hope tinglers? people buy it. I'm enjoying doing something different. And I hope people will notice it and libraries will like it. And I hope kids will say, you know, it'll be encourage more kids to read too, since there's such short little tidbits. Yeah, well, I loved it. And I, I'm very much looking forward to being able to share it with oh. my fifth grades, especially that oh. that added piece where you share where the idea came from. I think that's really cool that you did that. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you, R.L. Stein, for the interview. Thank you to my co-host, Colby Sharp. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme music. Additional music for this episode from the Free Music Archive. Have an idea for the show? You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening.